episode 65 of Board Games with Varian Hex is all about our Games of the Month for July 2022. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about what we played this month, what we'd like to play more, what games might not stay in our collection, and our choice for Game of the Month. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our Games of the Month for July 2022. how many games you've played this year not how oh. many plays but how many games you've played let me let me take a second to do the math for okay. my for my guess you might have to edit this out okay well that's fine oh you're actually referencing a calculator yeah i didn't i didn't expect that and really your h index is not super high meaning that there's not a lot of games so your number of plays isn't that much higher than your number of games you've been uh, well, we've been going through our collection, but I will play a lot more games outside of that. I've played a lot of games with Adam on Board Game Arena. I'll play a fair amount of solo games as well. So our number for this wasn't as different as I thought it might be, but it was it was different. And I thought it'd be a good way to start here in July, just, just halfway through the year. I guess 209. Wow. Well, I will say that is pretty accurate. Oh. However, I want to do it specifically today because it is an even 200. Oh, today is the 209th day of the year, which is oh. what I thought you might be referencing. Oh, 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 that would have been good too. But and I knew that it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so today's the 209th day of the year. That's it. I mean, I well, I mean, I just did I mean, 31 I plus 28 plus 30 plus 30 plus 31 plus 30 plus 28, and That's... then added one because it's the 29th and not the 28th, and I didn't know the date when I had put it in my calculator. Oh, I would say what? There's only one February. I would have just like Googled that, but that's fun that you used a calculator. So yes, you've played year to date in 2022 exactly 200 games. I have played. I'm gonna guess that you have played. So really now we're getting at how many more games than you have I played. Right. Different, you, different games. Now, here's the thing. You used to play a lot more solo games without me, but you've slowed down on playing solo games without me. But that didn't start until a couple months ago. So I think it's still going to be And then I've bigger, played stuff with Adam. A bigger number. Yeah. We will you, absolutely oh, pick on, a random game. Is that thing counting? Board Game Arena? Board Game Arena? Yeah. Oh. It'll absolutely oh. pick a random game. Now, 376. 376. Oh, no. That was too high. Well. That was too you high. You play a lot of BGA. It is 288. That's still a lot more. That's still a lot more. Now, you had something like 233 overall plays, so 200 different games, 233 plays. I've had 288 games, 535 plays. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the variance I was looking for. Yeah. Now, Board Game Stats app, not always accurate with this estimate, and I don't put in my own time per game. It estimates I've spent 304 hours playing board games. Hmm, that seems delightful. It estimates that you have spent 144 hours playing board games. Oh, that means we must have played a bunch of short games. Anyways. Oh, that is a good point. That seems way too high. That it would be double. The 88 that I played. Maybe you just played a lot of big games. But you play like a bunch of small games on BGA, right? Oh, not always. Oh, yeah. Not always. Because we played uh, Beyond the Sun and I think that could kind of mess it up because we were playing it over. You put in our playtime, it was days. I mean, Adam and I have been playing the same chess game for over two years. So there is that. But anyways, that's just kind of a check-in into how our year was going. And I happened to look at that and thought it was quite interesting that you were exactly at that number. But oh, that's pretty fun. Back to the month of July. So all that said, now do you you looked at how many games. Did you look at how many games you played? 
I didn't look at the number. I just looked at the the games The games themselves. Well, together, I'm not going to look at the number now. Together, we played, well, I should say I played, because this is really my plays without you as well. 34 games, only 35 plays, meaning this was not one of the months where I like went down a rabbit hole. Now, you pointed out before we started that I started playing Bowling Solitaire, which is a Sid Saxon game that came from a book, escapes me at the moment. You use a normal playing deck of cards, and you lay them out like you would a 10 pins of bowling. So you lay out 10 cards. You kind of put some stacks off to the side in a solitaire-like fashion. And you're trying to knock down the pins. But I don't know that I really want to log that as a board game play. I never really... I haven't been playing any kind of solitaire card games anyways. And if never thought about... U- if we played Euchre, would you log that? I kind of think that I... There'd be nothing stopping you. And I said, there's an entry for Bowling Solitaire in Board Game Geek. And I bet there's an entry for Euchre. But it's nothing that I've ever considered adding. But that's an aside. We played the following 34 games. You ready? I am ready. Lost Ruins of Arnak, Twa, The Princes of Florence, Gugong, Maglev Metro, Raiders of the North Sea, Haunts of Teutonica, Harry Potter, Death Eaters Rising, Tungaru, Five Tribes, Explorers of the North Sea, Pioneer Days, The Princess Bride Adventure Book, Ex Libris, Little Town, The Quest for Eldorado, Risk, Plants vs. Zombies, Trial of the Temples, Disney Sidekicks, Cartographers, Cartographers Heroes, Portal, the Uncooperative Cake Acquisition Game, Floor Plan, Imperial Settlers, Roll and Write, Simplicity, Next Station London, Dice Miner, Floriferous, Regicide, Santorini, Bandata, Geek Out Masters, King Domino, and Escape the Curse of the Temple. We had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. There are some on there where I was like, I played that, but those were ones that Adam and I played on Board Game Arena where, like Simplicity, we played it once, did not read the rules. I think I won. That's kind of our habit. There's like, I don't know, there's hundreds of games on Board Game Arena. So we'll just pick one that sounds interesting and uh, see what happens. Right now we're playing Tigers and Euphrates and Baron Park. So like some classic games and we'll just dive right in. Devil May Care. We're pretty sure it's your worst nightmare. I don't think I got it because I was trying to remember the game that I was going to call. Oh, okay. Yeah, moving us right on along. The game that was played the most, it ended up being Lost Ruins of Arnok because I played that with Adam and you. Right. I played it with him on Board Game Arena. I said, oh yeah, start any random game that you want and we'll just play it live. And then he picked that and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to try. So like, so not Draftosaurus then. Cool. Got it. That was the game that was played the most. Games added to the collection. Villagers? Villagers came Sidekicks. Villagers came from from Kickstarter. Sidekicks came from the Target clearance sale, which has just been absolute bonkers. Did Dice Miner come this month? Uh, let me check. It was just Disney Sidekicks and Villagers. Oh, okay. The Kickstarter the Villagers Kickstarter came with a lot of stuff. So there was like stretch goals and promo cards. Uh, and it was shifting seasons really, the expansion. But we didn't already have villagers, so I got it all together. So yeah, just that in sidekicks, which coming into Gen Con. I feel excellent about one Kickstarter game and one other game purchased like and it took a that was a full month. So we really June 24th was the we got get on board and then it was a full month until I bought Sidekicks and then Villagers came like the next day. In there there was a full month of not buying board games, just playing board games. And we are almost to the bottom of our lists. I think we have 6 6 6 games left. We're recording this the Friday before Gen Con, so we've got like five days to finish this off. So that should be doable, where at times it did seem a little iffy if we were actually going to be able to do that. It is no longer Sisyphean. 
Oh, it's it's quite doable. You think Sisyphus ever got to the like right at the top of the hill and had that relief? I don't know what we're talking about. Sisyphus. Yes, but I thought the whole deal is that he didn't. I I I know, but I was just hoping it for him. Okay. And I mean, I don't him. know enough. Of, that's really we'd have to ask Jason about that. We did not sell any games, but there were a couple that I am marking for selling. Tiny Epic Pirates now having the full Epic Pirates of Dead Reckoning, which I think I mentioned on one of the other Gen Con episodes. I don't think that I really want the tiny version anymore. It just seems like, you know, why bother? And uh, I think I might get rid of Attack on Titan, the deck building game, which means that it would come off of our list for... Gen Con, where you have one less game to play. Like that... Oh, I thought the deal was we had to play it before we could cull it. No. In any, in any oh, given year. No, I can cull. I feel it, so I have the power to cull anything that I want. Um, but that's Tiny Epic Pirates came off of the two playlists, because I was like, I, I, was, I got it out to play it, and I was like, I absolutely don't want to do this. This is why you do it. They're like, this is why we go through all of our games, because if you have that feeling, it's like, yeah, no, I think this just needs to not be here. I, I don't have the list in front of me, but there was a game that we played this month, and I felt like the rule book for this game is so bad, I don't ever want to play it again. Ooh. It was like a, it was, a, we, we talked about it, and I, I'm, I'm sad I can't remember it, but I think our comment was the rule book felt translated, but we did not think that it was. Oh, that wasn't that long ago, was no, it? No, was it like three or four days was ago? Was that Sidekicks? Maybe. Maybe it was Sidekicks. I think it was Disney Sidekicks, where I, it felt what? like the rule was tra- the rule book was translated, but the gameplay I didn't was like the gameplay. good. Oh, did you not? No, you know, you said that you liked it, and I just acquiesced in the moment. But the more I think about it, the more I thought it was sort of rudimentary and dull. Now we played a little wrong because you were technically cheating. No, I definitely cheated because <laughs> so the dullness a little bit may have been the fact that it was too easy because of so there's this you're the Sidekicks and you're trying to rescue the heroes and like. I don't agree with what they spent money on in the production of the game. I I think some different choices could have been made. However, you are uh, playing a sidekick. So Aaron was playing as Abu. I think I was playing as Lumiere. And Abu had a card power that let him heal and also get these little star tokens. You have to use the star tokens to rescue the heroes. Well, you're only supposed to be able to rest... One time per turn. Yeah, that's the healing. You can rest one time per turn and heal. And Aaron was resting four, four. times a turn. Four four is the number of actions you get. I yeah. was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just spend all this them. power and get... And, you know, it that was actually clear in the rule book. We can't blame the rule book for well, that. Actually, I don't think it was sidekicks because I don't think I would have had that feeling about sidekicks oh, I didn't read the rule book. I thought it was sidekicks. Oh, and you read the rule book. I barely looked at the thing. So there was another rule book that I read and I was like, well, this is just an awful rule book. Oh, I don't You'll know. You have to then. pull up the list. And okay, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I liked the gameplay of Sidekicks. It's not going to be in the in the selling pile, but nothing actually sold this month. We played games, of course, with one another. We played floor plan and cartographers with Jason and his fiance, and then, like I said, Adam and I played stuff on board game arena. We're going to move on to back to the table. What game would we like to play more? I think for me, the game I would bring back to the table more, both because it's quick and fun and engaging and also is cool. So if you play it in public, it looks really nice, is Dice Miner. Yeah, I thought you might say that. I had played that a little bit online. Didn't get like the Kickstarter version. There's one with like a plastic mountain. Just got the regular cardboard mountain. It's fine. And you roll dice or kind of place dice onto it. And then you have a variable player power. Each person does. And you're pulling these dice off, and each different type of dice gives you a different way to score points. 
and that's pr- that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just real relaxing, easy to easy to learn and pick up, super fun. Yeah, there's a couple different ways to play it. The dice are random, so yeah, super super fun light game. And you don't always like light games. See, here's the thing: I like in general games where I can very easily look at it and remember the rules and not really need to check a lot. And mm. I think sometimes light games just have a, a stupid amount of rules for as light as they are. Right, because nothing's really like pulling them together. Like the rules are what's making these components make sense. Yeah, and the game that's going to be my game of the month is a heavy game that's oh, like that. Well, but you first need to say what game you would bring back to the table. That is true. And I think I'm going to go with, well, this is sort of reluctant, but I'm going to say Hansa Teutonica. Oh. It's reluctant because we you know played I'll play it right wrong. now. We're, that's kind of, yeah, sure. Um, that's a little bit of a theme that that we played sidekicks wrong. We also played this wrong, where in Hansa Teutonica, you're making these routes in between cities. As you do that, you basically uncover things on your player board and get points. Very, very roughly speaking. Well, there's a ability to bump other players off of a route in between cities because you have to have only your cubes between the two to kind of like to do it, to kind of like score it, so to speak. Well, we were playing that if you got bumped, you could just go anywhere after that. And that's not the rule. You're supposed to go somewhere adjacent. So I think that would have, because of how we got bumped and then went anywhere else on the map, that made the map feel really open and there wasn't like all that much tension. And we could kind of just completely abandon certain areas. Whereas if you were getting bumped like that and having to kind of have a heat map around the area that people kept getting bumped, that would have had a balancing effect on the game that really would have changed a lot. So, and we got the big box. There's three maps in it. But really, when we played it, we got about an hour in, and I was 100% done. Oh, I... 100% done with that game. We played online with Adam. That was kind of the exception because it's a three-player game. We've been trying to play every, literally, the physical copy in our collection. But for that one, it's getting close to Gen Con. We hadn't played it. We played with Adam online. Yeah, and it was... I didn't realize Kelly was upset because she was in another room and yeah, yeah, had her yeah. camera off. And I'm like making my last turn like, oh, this is great. Look at the synergy of my last. Oh, oh she. Oh. And it wasn't like I I won. You did win. You know, the collective incorrect rules that we played by. I did win. But the it was the kind of game where and this could still be true about it. That's what we're going to bring it back to the table where you can just do the same thing, maybe, or that you have like the same kind of system that you're iterating on turn over turn over turn and that is in fact the best way for you to score points and it's just so boring well yeah and like the engine thing that you did at the end you there wasn't rule breaking there you were off there by yourself like no no that wasn't affected by the way we played it wrong and that was absolutely the right thing for you to do was to keep doing the same thing over and over again which is um, i loved listen that was my entire campaign of charterstone is I did the same three turns the whole time and scored a ton of points. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that either. So, yeah, both Adam and I were feeling like a little less into it than Aaron was. Some of that may have just been changed. The whole trajectory of the game could have been changed by, you know, having those I don't think it would have affected my... I don't think it would make me enjoy it less to play by that rule. No, and I I think it's very likely that Adam and I would would ultimately enjoy it more because it would just change the kind of decisions that you had to make. So that one's back to the table, but it's like the least fun back to the table I've probably ever said on here. So the collection, and this is C-U-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N, horrible for audio that we've chosen that, but I'm sticking with it. Do you have a game that's kind of... It, it, it could be a coal pile game. So here's could the thing. I, I think I've come up... I think there's a game that I thought the rules were really bad for. Yeah, and I thought that was Sidekicks. 
I think it's the Princess of Florence, and I don't think it's on the list. Oh, the Princess of Florence. And I'm reminded of it because it's the other game we played online with Adam. I thought that the rule book for that one was kind of like the standard or a standard Euro rule book where they give you all the big rules and then on the side they have that sidebar of like yeah but i felt like there were a lot of like grammatical issues with it and then it wasn't always exactly clear until you read the sidebar i think the sidebar should only be for people who didn't get the rule the first time they read it like it's, it's like just to confirm oh. the rule not to like now, necessary thought, to understand the rule i thought it was like a refresher on the rule so when you know the game you just read the sidebar and it helps you find yeah. where the rule in question is and then you can like read the detail anyways so that that would be on my list and then i think really? also I, and i think side i did not have fun playing sidekicks i think you, you we cheated we acknowledge that yeah but uh it's not on the call list because you control the call list i think at the end of the day i mean i i do and that one isn't it's cooperative. It's not technically one player, but I don't see why it couldn't be. You don't have secrets. Oh, no, you could. You just play it as one person. And I think that we did say that at two players, it might be more interesting to control two characters. Yeah, I thought maybe it would have been better with more characters. So for that reason alone. I didn't know you didn't like it that much. I guess that's why we have to record this podcast, so I can find out what you actually think about things. Well, I, I, it's not that in the moment I was like, yeah, that's fine enough. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, we're just picking up pieces of cardboard. But then I guess what is any game? What is, I mean easy we're on a board gaming podcast <laughs> so <laughs> let's not exactly uh, sometimes i enjoy picking up the cardboard more than other times about in that game that yeah. game did not make me feel edified by the cardboard manipulation well, and sometimes because it is just cardboard i think that's why if it's a game i like i like a better production of it because it does make you feel as though you're doing something a little and more important I, kind of the same way as paper plates versus like china or like you know having actual plates it's like yeah you could you could eat off of anything, but when you bring out the fine china, it does feel like you're there's some significance here more than just a everyday meal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's accurate, and I feel like maybe yeah. I'm just pissed off because they have really nice minis and then the tiniest little pl- I, cardboard circles ever. I absolutely agree that the production, that's what I was saying before, how they chose to spend the production dollars. Even you say, yeah, we got to keep this game in a $35 line so that we can put it in the Target and put Disney on and pay for the licensing, whatever. They have really nice minis for the sidekicks and for the villains. And those are the things you're actually moving around the board. The heroes that you're saving are arguably the important people the cheapest cardboard tokens and you know what they get enough shine in every other game that's fine but i feel like we didn't need 3d sculpted minis for the other stuff we could have had like a wooden token that had a screen printing on it i think that would have been sufficient instead of having these like these plastic but i bet the plastic was maybe cheaper than that yeah i mean it just it just yeah yeah, I I, I don't flat. love the production of it, but Eric M. Lang is the designer. He designs all sorts of other things. I did feel like the actual underpinnings of the game were solid and good, and more than what you would expect. You would expect that game to be worse. I thought. Anyways, I got it for like seven dollars. Yeah, it, that that clearance sale at Target's doing a lot of work. Um, the game that I think might not stay, and I played some that were on Board Game Arena, so I have to be sure to avoid those. I, for a long time, thought that Risk Plants vs. Zombies was not a thing that we needed to keep. And while you say I, I control the coal pile, that one you have kept off the coal pile before. It is fine. It is not, it's not bad. But I just, I don't really, I don't really like it. I think it. You, you got upset during that game and you also won. It's a tower Listen, defense game. I've won a lot of games this month. That's not yeah. the point. 
it is tower defense. I didn't understand that you were out of. So you know, you're the plants I was the, and the zombies. I was the plants. I was defending. Yeah, I was the zombies, and the plants. Um, there's like six rows across, and the zombies are coming in from one side. The plants can plant themselves anywhere on the lawn that they so choose, and the zombies are like always advancing. So you have one thing where they, the plants can do distance attacks, and the zombies can't. But the zombies have this constant movement. If they move into a plant space, they get to like kind of free attack it, so right. to speak. Aaron had put out so many plants because you roll to kind of know how many you can put out. And I just wasn't getting the rolls to put out a lot of zombies. He had put out so many plants. And I was like, what is this? But like, the you plants have, are finite. So, But the plants, but they're finite. So I made that complaint before I realized he was like out of plants. Yeah, it's almost, it's it's bad actually to roll high numbers at the beginning as plants because right. then you can't be nimble. You have to put them out. You have to put them somewhere. And then later on, you get to see where I've committed all my defense. And then you right. can pick a different row to send your zombies in, which is exactly... What happened? Well, and I had enough zombies left because I had been rolling horrible. So I was putting like a couple zombies and out I, at a time. Honestly, I think. And they were just getting mowed down. So I was like, if I don't roll enough numbers to have zombies survive past these plants, I'm never going to get up here to attack them anyway. But honestly, I think rolling low at the beginning was, is actually rolling good when you're zombies. I think you want to mm, roll low at the beginning. I think you want to. I mean, for a zombie, you want the plants to roll low and you want to roll just so high and then you you just you just run right in there well i mean that's run right in there and there's also cards you can kind of get these little power-ups and stuff that's one side of the board we should say you might be thinking well that's not risk at all didn't you say risk plants versus zombies we've actually never played the other side of the board the other side of the board is like a risk type game and we've never played it we've only played the plants versus zombie side and that's not because we have like this deep love for the video game i've played it a little bit i don't know that aaron's ever played the video game it's a video game there you go and really, speaking of video games, we played that Portal. Portal's if, fun. Portal's really good. I would say that one back to the table, but it's kind of hard to play. Yeah, actually, the implementation the, like the pieces the, move around, and it's a really cool modular board, but they don't like fit. They don't fit together quite right, and they almost are, they're too tight, so you end up just kind of like laying them sort of on top of one another, so that you don't like wear the pieces out like you don't break the little because it's just cardboard as we were talking before it would be nice for that one especially i would have paid another twenty dollars for those pieces of the room because you're kind of you're making this uh like testing all these testing chambers i would have paid 20 more dollars for them to be made of like just something better machines. else yeah if they were plastic but if you haven't played the destructive cake eating game like it's definitely worth a playthrough. Oh, it's the uncooperative cake acquisition game. Oh, I tried to do it from memory. I know it's it's, fine. it's very specific. It's very portal like. Well, in the theme, but what is amazing about it is that even if you've never played the game, like the if you never played the video game, the board game is so really good. Adam had never played the video, video game, game, and he really liked the board game. And I'll say, of course, buy a copy of it. It comes with some very cute uh, miniatures. They have a turret and a little companion cube that are really well done. Again, they put Plus all their cake. money in that. They have little cakes. They put all their money in that. They could have put a little bit more in the testing chambers. But Tabletop Simulator has a programmed version of it, a scripted version. And we've played that before, and it is perfect because the whole uh, yeah. testing chamber moves for you. There's a place where you get to incinerate the cake if that happens in your game. It's absolutely It's very it's really uncooperative. Good. Is what it's it really is. good. Yes, it is an uncooperative game. And I think that's fun as a subtitle because a lot of games are uncooperative. They just don't yeah. make the point quite like that. So that brings us to already Game of the Month. Game and of the I month. know what the Game of the Month is going to be for Aaron because we played it last night. Oh, so good. And he said, 
I think you said this is the best game I've played all year. And that's why I wanted to do this episode right now, because you have played 200 games this year. Well, I think I said it's the best new game I've played this year. So that oh. would, it would not be, but still, like... You still play a I lot, of, a new lot games. of new games. Like, like. Actually, oh. let me double check how many new games you've played oh, this you, year. It knows that. I'm I'm doing the filters. You can if you want to talk about something, you can. Well, honestly, while Kelly's looking up the filters, let's just let's just start talking about Gugong. It is a very complex game. There's five or six different areas of the game board. Nice euros. It's not like a super heavy euro. It's a good sized kind of game. And then the mechanic is dreadfully simple. Like you just place a card and take a card. And there's different actions you take, of course, when when doing that. The theme is pretty fun where you're trying to like bribe these folks so you have to give them more expensive gifts than they already have. And I think a game that has solid iconography and simple actions and really quick turns so that you're not waiting forever for someone to take a turn, it it's perfect. Like it's it has all the things I want in a game that size. And yeah, it's it's definitely worked its way. I think it's I think it's for sure in my top five game of the month, Gugong. Wait, is it your top five games of all time? I I think it probably could be, but also like you said, top five game of the month, Gugong. No, so top wanna... five games of all time, and then mm. game of the month, Gugong. You, according to what we have here in Bor in BG Stats app, you have played forty five new to you games this year. It's definitely the best one of those. So the top of those forty fives, things like Rivals for Catan. The Isle of Cats, Role Player. Oh, you might have played Role Player before. Haunted Utonica. Oh, Ceylon you played before. Ecos, we hated. Actually, it's going to be lower than that. New to you games. Because there's a few on here that really we had played before. Maybe just more than a year ago. Ones that we actually uh, bought. So Yeah, but I had a super fun time playing the game. It's, it's, not, it's in your top five of all time. I mean, yeah, but like, what is that? It's pretty good. Because that means it's in the top five of the 200 still. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't even know that it's number five. Oh, for you? No, 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 no. Oh. I mean that I don't think it's at your, I don't think it's number five well, yeah, in like, the top five. It's, it's hard because like yeah. Catan has like an honorable mention place, but like I've played it so much. I love it so much. It's a, uh, that's what got me into board gaming bump. Right, right. And you still haven't played it on BGA. I either. just can't get sucked in. I'll play it forever and then you'll never be able to talk to me anymore. Oh, you know what? I think Maglev Metro is actually on the call. Oh, I didn't play that and otherwise I would have brought it up. I hate that game. I feel like there's a game in there that must be good, and I can't find it. I can't. I, I'm going to put that on me. It feels like so much work to get so little done, and I never get to like the smooth part of that efficiency puzzle where I feel like, yeah, now things are working. Among my favorite pick-up-and-deliver games is Bus. Okay. I've won a game of Bus one to nothing to negative one. And it's a, almost the most fun I've ever had playing the game. <laughs> okay. I was intentionally keeping the score low for everyone, and it was a blast. Gosh. Like, but I was... You do love I was using making the, like, sure other people don't score like points. I was in control. It's a point of contention. Yeah, or lack thereof. Wait, what? You said it's a point of contention. Oh, I said, it was a pun. Uh -huh. It was a pun. And there's like a, a fun aspect of pick up and deliver when pick up and deliver is actually close to impossible however maglev metro i think makes the pick up and deliver difficult and it's not fun and yeah. i'm sure if i played it more i would figure out how to play it and then hate it less but i don't want to be able to, i don't want to have to play a game three times and still not really understand how the hell it works and you know maybe that's on me but uh it's too much for me yeah yeah i think that's well that's well put um i think there are a lot of good games this month that even though I, you know, we weren't doing replays, we're trying to kind of get through all of them. There's a lot of them that I could see 
really both for Back to the Table and for Game of the Month. I'm going to say, though, Ex Libris. Oh, that's was, a, you know what? It's a nice game. Five Tribes was very close. I feel like it's a classic that we should get to the table more often than we do. Raiders of the North Sea. I p- actually played. I didn't log it here because I was doing the challenges in the app. That's actually what I played the most of this month. Raiders of the North Sea? I played the campaign in the in the app. Ah. And it changes it enough that I didn't log them as individual plays. And I, I kind of don't know how I feel about where's the line between what is literally the board game and then either playing card game or a digital implementation. How much do I want to log that? A lot of times I do. This time I did not. But I think I've right. probably played probably played eight or nine games on the app. Easy. Anyways, those are just some honorable mentions to get back to Ex Libris. I don't know that the game is necessarily still in print. Like most books, I guess. They just... like, like a lot of books. And we did not pick, we picked it up a long time ago. And I'm glad that we did for something that is so enjoyable and that may, maybe, I honestly don't know, might be hard to find now. It's always kind of exciting to pick up a game like that on a whim. Only to find out that either it's hard to get or it's just so excellent that you like it so much. What is, I think, really interesting about that game, or I should say, we've talked about components, what speaks to kind of the quality and care that went into making it is that there are, uh, you're, you're arranging a library. And so you're trying to get books in the library. And the basic idea is that there's one type of banned book that you're not supposed to get in your library. It'll be negative points. Not there's, a book about bands, a banned book. I, I struggle with it. Sorry, keep going. You Do you really? Because yeah. I was very confused by you pointing that out. Yeah, every time I hear the word banned book, I'm like... Like it be, has a band be, around it, like a rubber a, band. Well, I was actually thinking a book about like, you know, Nirvana or something. A banned book. Yeah. Oh, you don't... Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so there's a book that has been banned. Did that help? Yes. And then there is one that, like, everyone's really into, like the, I don't know what they call it, but, like, this is the bonus book. You get a category of book just for you that's going to be your personal bonus book. And there's six categories of books in the game. They're all different. They, you know, they're different colors because it's board games. And you're trying to collect on cards these books for your shelves. Well, all the cards are, have a alphabetical letter that all the books start with. Mm Mm-hmm alphabetical letter have a letter that the books start with i was gonna let it go and they also have a number to show you how many of that letter is in the deck for that card and the order that's in so it might be like a one to eight so you'll have a card that says a one to eight one of eight you'll have a card that says a five of eight so on and so forth and as you collect them you're trying to put them in alphabetical order like a library well each one of those cards has multiple books on it those books are different colors and those correspond to the same categories that we were just talking about. Every single book in that game has a title on it. It's a different title on every single book, and it's a pun that is related to the category that they said it was. Because we're saying they're just like... And they're in alphabetical order. It'll on be the things cards. like Corrupted Codices. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're names like that. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Monster one, manuals. Yeah, there's one about potions. Yeah, there's one so on about on reference so something or other. It has a, like, a little spyglass on it. Uh, so those are all... It's in that kind of magical world of, you know, of things. And so it feels a little... 
you know, wizardry, Harry Potter-esque in just the types of book titles that you're seeing. And there's just a nice bit of humor and so much creativity just in those book titles. That's great. So the actual, when you're, the game itself is like a worker placement and the locations where you place your workers sort of change throughout the game. And there's always one location that stays, that gets added round around. So when you first start, you only have like two options. And then by the end of the game, there's like six different options that you can go to. You have player boards that can be played without individual player powers or with them. And then there's like a special little meeple that you get that will have some sort of different power or different ability as you're going in and out of these different shops in town. And the areas you go to are very different. Like sometimes there'll be like a pile of cards that you'll pick from that location and you'll be able to like discard or pick things up. Sometimes you're able to put out cards for everyone to take and then you can take something different. There's a whole lot going on. So you're trying to get all those cards into your library in the right order. And at the end, there's this like library evaluation sheet, which is a big whiteboard that is the score, uh, the scoring for the game. So it says the person with the neatest handwriting goes around and, and writes all the scores down as your neighbor evaluates your library, making sure it's in alphabetical order, seeing the size it is, making note of how many of each category there are. It's a good time. And it's one that we don't pull out that often, I think, because it's an older game in our collection and we've gotten so many more. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Libris. We know we like that one. Yeah, sure, it'll stay. It just doesn't come out a lot, though. But it was a really nice two-player game. And we just played the basic side at the coffee shop. Took up a lot of space at the coffee shop. It did take up some space, but... But, yeah, we just played the basic stuff. It's Yeah, it's a very good game. And it's another game where, like, the rules are very straightforward or oh, they're the icons are very there. nice. Yeah. And I believe that rule book, this is my favorite in a rule book, when it has little notes in it like, hey, don't, don't mess this up. Or, because the thing they'll say about the, um, whatever the category is you're not supposed to get, you get negative points for it. And I think for that one, they say the fastest way to lose is to ignore that category the because they'll, book, yeah. they'll just add up so much oh i think is I think that it says, one no it says the fastest way to lose is to ignore any category because you get points oh. for having a balance and it's pretty good yes. points yes. so you get points based on the whatever you have the least of. book that you have the least of yeah whatever you have the least of you get that many points which is also in tigers and euphrates and yellow and yangtze so that's a scoring mechanism that shows up other places where like the least is the points you get and yes, in this one, you're trying to still get a balanced library. Like you want a good variety of books. I think that you'll tend to enjoy playing a game with me more if there's a scoring mechanism that promotes balance. You know what? You're making an excellent point. You're making an excellent point right now because you will go hard in on a strategy. I got all that jade yesterday well, when we played Gugong. Yeah, in Gugong, you went for jade and wasn't there something else you did a lot of? I did, oh, a, little, well, the- I did a little wall of china. You did the you did the little wall of China and then whatever that intrigue or influence little track was. Well, yeah, but that was you really were doing just that to a lot. Facilitate, facilitate the jade. I was doing no. I had no jade in that game whatsoever. I ended up doing a lot of shipping mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, horse. I don't want to say horse play. Whatever the top track is, where traveling. A lot of traveling, and uh, I did just go to see the emperor like right away. I basically sprinted towards his door. To I was going to try to win the race and then Kelly was like, Yeah, it's just oh. five to seven points. You only get two point swing against somebody else. And then I spent way too much time in like inscription or whatever that was where you put a cube out and get some kind of bonus action. Yeah. I, you, I overcommitted you had, there. Yeah, I, I thought that was. And so I ran into a problem of I 
didn't have enough. You you have these cubes that are being used for lots of different things. They're being put on boats. They're putting, being put onto the board for the wall. They're used as your um, to make actions more powerful. And I think they're meant to be like servants or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I that's got what to, they're called. I got to a point where you also have to commit them on the side of your board as you ship things. So I got to a point where Aaron had just six more, at least six more servants mm-hmm. just available to him than I did. And it changes the things you can do. It changes how powerful your actions are. And then you talked about how there's cards that you put out. Well, when you put out a card, you replace it with the one that's on the board and you take that card into your discard. Well, I found myself in the last round with really low cards because I happen to have really high cards the round before. And I think you were better at understanding how that would be a problem. Yeah, and then also like... There is some fun mechanics where you can get around stuff. Like there's cards that let you swap a card from your hand from the board. There's different yeah. powers that let you recall a hand from your discard pile. So there's definitely some there's there's, there's hand stuff management going things on you there. can do. Yeah. Um it's again, I, I feel like it was the first time we played it. I immediately loved it. I think I will love it even more when we play it tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Yeah. That's not what we're doing though. No, that's not what we're doing because we have six more. Well, five more because I think I'm going to get rid of Attack on Titan. I don't think right. we need two Attack on Titan games. And I feel like every time I play the card game, it's a deck building game by Cryptozoic. I think it can go with other deck building games by them. Every time it's just like, ah, this is so much reading and rules and maybe not nearly enough fun as a result. And the other one, The Last Stand, where it has the big giant uh, Titan is a lot more fun. Very few. Uh, we don't have very many one versus all games. So I think that's I think that one's better. Yeah, I like it. But I think we're just going to... Do we Do we have anything? That's how we end this, right? The yeah. End of the month? We have other games to play. We might be recording something for Gen Con while we're there next week. We'll see. And the the, the month in review in August is going to be very exciting. Oh, we'll see you then. Yeah, it will be Thank you so much for listening to episode 65. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. I think we'll be putting a lot on Instagram while we're at Gen Con, so please follow us there. You'll be able to see what we're up to every day of Gen Con. We were doing a countdown there, but at some point, we lost track of what day it was. And, you know, we just, uh, sometimes you have to let things go. That's what we let go. I have no idea what the next episode will be. It will probably be something about Gen Con because we will have gone to it by then. Don't really know though. Now that we've played through almost or most of our collection, aside from what we've acquired at Gen Con, we might have an episode about collection curation and what we're going to change and what number we're going to keep at and what's going to leave. We also haven't had just a game box episode, kind of a fun carefree episode in quite a while we've been getting through the work of preparing for gen con it it could be anything released at any time if you're listening to these in reverse you have 64 more episodes headed your way a lot of those are going to be gen con previews i'm not going to lie to you there's going to be another game of the month review for june kind of in the middle there which in some of the other outros i completely forgot about but how could i not there were so many gen con episodes that we made and that's all for now Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.